Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So I've been away for the last month uh, teaching the month long at, at Spirit Rock, as I do every February, which just ended a few days ago. Uh, and Eve has been here, Eve Decker and um, uh, Ramona Ortiz-Smith uh, here. So I, I hope you appreciated their sharings, their offerings. And here we, those at Spirit Rock, and it was really great being on the land um, and sitting together and going internally and quiet and for a while able to um, just withdraw from the world. And now we've come back to um, a world that as soon as you think it can't get any more intense or crazy, um, there's a new, a new level of mm, dysregulation. Mm. So I, I just wrote today a letter to all the, all the yogis who are sitting on the retreat. It'll come from uh, the whole February team, but it just felt like um, coming out of a month-long retreat, uh, you're very, very sensitive uh, anyway, but um, with the news this last week, it's so sad and disturbing, uh, this invasion of Ukraine. I'm calling the evening tonight a uh, sad heart, breaking heart and want to just have us have a chance to hold in community uh, whatever we might be going through. So now there's numerous violent conflicts happening all around the world that touch us all. Yemen, Syria, Myanmar, so many other places that are facing violence and famine. There's a climate disruption also. This, this week, the, the climate um, report that says, not surprisingly, we're in some really difficult times ahead. But this, so there's a lot to absorb, but this invasion from one of the strongest military countries in the world um, that can easily lead to um, an escalation of a wider war, it's so unsettling. It's so sad. one scratches one's head and says like little kids playing in a sandbox um don't they see so i wanted to give us a chance to um 
just hold what we're all feeling together. Because as the Buddha said, when you are willing to open to suffering, uh, you're not as afraid of it and repressing it and uh, living in denial because it's there anyway. And as, as it's said in uh, mindful self-compassion uh, with feelings, you name them and you tame them and you feel them and you can begin to heal them. Um, but it's important to know just how much you can take in and how much is, uh, becomes overwhelmed. So hopefully there's a, a container that we can all, uh, share together and I'll talk a bit, but I also want to hear from, from everyone. Um, I, I love this quote from Joanna Macy. Uh, who I'm going to show a clip of Joanna uh, later on in uh, in the evening tonight, uh, talking about how she suggests processing our our pain. But this is what she says: We have to honor and own this pain for the world, recognizing it as a natural response to an unprecedented moment in history. People fear that if they let despair in, they'll be paralyzed because they're just one person. Paradoxically, however, by allowing ourselves to feel our pain for the world, we open ourselves up to the web of life. And we realize that we are not alone. The response that is appropriate and that this work elicits is to grow a sense of solidarity with others and to elaborate a whole new sense of what our resources are and what our power is. So it's kind of interesting that sharing our our pain um we feel connection with others and it can help us access something bigger than the sadness or the despair which has to be honored and felt uh and know that we're not alone and it's it's been interesting to see as often happens that in this world that action brings reaction and that uh, the invasion of Ukraine, it's been inspiring to see the, the Ukrainian people and the whole world, um, it seems, uh, stand up in uh, some, a real sense of solidarity. I was, uh, I was hearing that, uh, Zelensky, a month ago, his his popularity rating in Ukraine was 21%. It is now 91% by last that I heard. 
Isn't that interesting? You know, even Democrats and Republicans here in the United States are in some kind of solidarity. And the, the uh, EU, which hardly can agree on anything, all of a sudden has something of a united front. And I don't want to get too much into the politics of things, but just to see that um, suffering can bring people together. And when they come together, there's a, a whole other wave of capacity to, uh, to process what's here. Because it's in community that we can grieve together, feel our sadness together, and, and hold everything together. I, I, uh, here it is. I love this quote by Francis Weller, who's a, a really um, wonderful psychologist who's a major focus in the last decades has been on grieving well. And this is from his book, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, Rituals of Renewal and the Sacred Work of Grief. He writes, where there is sorrow, right, wrote Oscar Wilde, there is holy ground. And then he says, the sacred ground of grief, and we can put in grief and sadness in there too, enables us to walk in this world with its attendant harsh realities of loss and death. We can discover how sorrow shakes us and breaks us open to depths of soul we could not imagine. Grief and sadness, I can say, offers a wild alchemy that transmutes suffering into fertile ground. We are made real and tangible by the experience of sorrow, adding substance and weight to our world. We are stripped of excess and revealed as human in our times of grief. In a very real way, grief ripens us, pulls us up from the depths of our souls, what is most authentic in our beings. In truth, without some familiarity with sorrow, we do not mature as men and women and it can include non-binary folks out there too. It is the broken heart, the heart that knows sorrow, that is also capable of genuine love. And then he mentions, he says this about processing our grief and our sadness and our sorrow. He said, beginning in 1997, I began to offer grief rituals as a way for communities to attend the large and small losses that touch each of our lives. What has become clear is how difficult it is for us to attend to our grief in the absence of community. Carried privately, 
sorrow lingers in the soul, slowly pulling us below the surface of life and into the terrain of death. Grief has always been communal, always been shared, and consequently has traditionally been regarded as a sacred process. But too often in modern times, our grief becomes private, carrying an invisible mantle of shame, forcing our sorrow underground, hidden from the eyes that would offer healing. We must restore the conversation we need to, we need to have concerning the place of grief in our lives. Each of us must undertake an apprenticeship with loss. Joy is found when sorrow has been made sacred. We can coax our stories into the visible world where they can be held within the healing embrace of community. Well, live transition. Yeah. I've just put on live transcription for those who, who wanted. I just had a request. And if it's showing up for you, you can hide the subtitles by going next to that CC on the bottom and just hit uh, hide subtitle. Mm. So I'm so glad that, that we're here with, with everyone. Uh, the name of that book, someone asked, The Wild Edge of Sorrow, Fran Rituals of Renewal and Sacred Work of Grief by Francis Weller, W-E-L-L-E-R. So I'm so glad that we're, we're here together uh, because then that's how we can help each other hold our sadness and our sorrow. And I hope that we can get in touch with the, the wisdom of the group to, um, to find how we're doing it that these days. This is from Khalil Gibran, a quote that I love from the prophet. He says, your joy is your sorrow unmasked, and the self-same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears, and how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Now, we don't want to go looking for sorrow so we can have more joy and carve more into our, our character. There's plenty of, of sorrow and suffering enough to go around. But to not be afraid to touch it, and particularly to not do it alone. <clears throat> so... I think before go on, I just would uh, like to, in a in a way, to open up to the community, um, invite us to reflect for a few moments. 
maybe invite you to go inside. And I'm sure you've been following some news. And again, I encourage you to know what your limits are and, and titrate if you're getting overwhelmed. But as you process these events and see a, a million people fleeing Ukraine and bombings and um, unprovoked aggression, again, remembering that these things are happening throughout the world, and this is just shining a spotlight on it. But as you've opened up to the news this, this week, just get in touch with how it's been landing for you. Allow for whatever is here to be here. There's no apologizing for feelings. And if you're feeling numb, then that's just your experience and that's fine. But just to honestly connect what your internal experience is. And I hope you can allow it and hold it. Perhaps if you feel like you're getting um, dysregulated or you're feeling the, the feelings well up, you might put a, a hand on your heart or do some um, self-soothing, comforting, some self-compassion. some kind touch because the body responds even if you're the one whose hand you're feeling you're here with 70 friends and we're all feeling together We're all making space for our humanness right now. Okay, now gently come back. And what I'd like to do to make this a bit of a communal experience is open up the chat box and we can see to everyone and just put in the chat box whatever feelings are coming up for you right now. And we can share our experience. I'll, I'll read some of them out loud. <clears throat> right. Calm, sadness, whatever is here is fine. Just put it in. 
be part of this community, resistance. Hopelessness, exhaustion, anger, grief, tired, heartbreak, shame, compassion for those fleeing, denial, whatever is here is welcome, anger, depression, tightness holding in, unfocused, sorrow, fear, Sad and yet distant, overwhelmed, disconnected, fear, hope, hopefulness, anxiety, guilty, overwhelmed and numb, and numb calm and, contact, and, con, and contacted, fierce pride in people uniting, some despair creeping, distance and then grief, grateful to go into the heart learning to be with it, the beauty and the sorrow, not fear, not fearing so much what's there. Inspiration for the Ukrainian and Russian peace movements, incredible courage, sad and confused, all of this, everything is welcome. Disappointment with the news media, no right or wrong in, in what you're feeling or you're you're thinking. Any others, if you haven't gone yet, want to have your voice in there? Hmm. Mm -hmm. My family is about 136 miles north of Kherson, which was just taken by the Russian army. I'm feeling don't know about how they're faring. Yeah. Overwhelm and shock. Um, let's just take a nice deep breath so that this container can, can hold it all and feel the, the refuge in Sangha and know that you're not alone. We're not alone. We're all here together. We're so fortunate that we're not doing this alone. There's something really um, striking. And even it's been shown, uh, studies have been shown that when people are going through pain, physical pain or emotional pain, when they hold somebody else's hand and we're figuratively holding each other, that our threshold for pain uh, is much greater because there's a, a shared container and, and our hearts can, um, can resonate with each other and, and create more space for it all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, given that, let's see. I think at this point, I'll I'll show this video of Joanna Macy, and this is from her um, 
work that reconnects. Probably most of you are very familiar with Joanna, one of the most inspiring voices in engaged engagement and particularly engaged Dharma, engaged Buddha Dharma, Buddhist teacher, scholar, systems expert, and um, and one of the yeah one of the truly special uh, voices. And uh, she has she leads this um, this um, paradigm, the work that reconnects, and she teaches people how to hold their despair. Uh, climate has been a, a, a big issue for her in the last few years, but she was very involved with, uh, has been very involved with nuclear, um, the nuclear threat and um, uh, nuclear waste and all kinds of movements. And it's the same paradigm. And she calls this work um, the spiral for the work that reconnects. In her book, Active Hope, her uh, more recent book, one of many brilliant books, she goes into this in, in, uh, in, in great detail. But I wanted to show you this. It's a seven-minute clip of her uh, talking about this spiral, four aspects of processing the sadness and the grief. So hope this works out. I'm going to share the screen. Uh, let's see. And okay, so now um, can you see? Uh, can you see about? I'm about to have the this, the um, uh, this the tape. Can is it showing there on the screen? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. All right. Here's Joanna talking about the spiral on this work that reconnects. Um. This next selection is a presentation of the plot line of the workshop, a kind of roadmap to where as a group we will be going. I find this very helpful, indeed important, to present early on in the workshop, say soon after the introductions, because it helps people to understand how the different parts of this work, from gratitude to honoring our pain for the world, to seeing with new eyes, how they follow on each other, parts that are quite different in character. And to see this ahead of time helps them to trust the work, to know that they're not going to be stuck in one kind of activity for the whole time, and to build confidence in where it's taking them. So here you see me present what I call the spiral, because this sequence of the work takes the form of a spiral, coming back round on itself, but never quite to the same point. Big Mama says, you are my children, and we are being hurt, but we have to ground ourselves in the joy of life. 
that opens us up. That opens up our heart mind. So that's why the initial part of the sequence of the work that reconnects is gratitude. And I see it as a spiral. You know this. How many times we've looked at that that way. We began ever again with gratitude in the sequence of the work, in the plot line of the work. Because gratitude, as Big Mama knows, helps us to be fully present. And then, when we're really present and grounded, we're held and we know we're held in her, then we can open to what we're also carrying, which is so intolerable and unspeakable what we're doing to our world and to other beings. And not only that, what we're doing is going to hurt the beings for millennia. So there's that to take in. There's something huge to take in. And you're, you're fearless about that. Or maybe you're scared, like I am. But you're scared and fearless. How's that? <laughs> you're ready. <clears throat> like going off the diving board. You're ready. So to the way to understand making room for that truth-speaking, truth-feeling, we've been calling in to honor our pain for the world. This is the most subversive thing you can do. This is what the industrial growth society and the corporate military <laughs> empire wants us to not do. They want us to not only follow orders and just see what next we need to buy to make ourselves feel good or look pretty or smell right or get someplace fast. But we're going to pause and we're going to honor our pain for the world because this is a jewel. This is a jewel we carry inside us. This is your Bodhisattva heart. This is essential to our waking up, to our true nature. This is like a doorway we go through to see the immensity of who we really are. We are so much bigger than the industrial growth society can itself imagine. Trying to turn us into robots and consumers. When our true nature is this, and she's going to help us honor our pain for the world, because it is in doing that that we find most convincingly our uh, being, interbeing with her. And then we get all the way through, oh my gosh, if I can suffer with my world, if I have that capacity, then I am huge. <laughs> <laughs> And then nothing's going to stop me. So we come to this part of the plot line, which is 
seeing with new eyes, and we open to the scientific and spiritual and perceptual revolution of our time, because something so terrific is happening at this dawning of the third millennium, just as we are about to pull down the curtain. So we don't know. Are we doing deathbed attendance on this planet and conscious life on this planet, or midwifing a new birth? And I'm not going to know. But they're very similar. It needs the same quality of loving intention, the same kind of fearlessness of being there. And so then we come to applying it. How are we going to live our lives? Going forth, and, then, and this Dr. Fran and I were sort of conceiving this intensive because each one is different. Uh, what do we want? How do we want it to be this time? What are our goals? Our glimpses? But this time, uh, Fran reminded me that for three times straight, I had mispronounced this uh, word, and he heard me say, "Growing forth." <laughs> Maybe that's really more suitable. Yes, because each step uh, we do, we become different and more. So, those are the the four steps in her uh, spiral, and it starts with gratitude. It starts with having a a wide heart that loves the world and is so and is seeing all of its goodness and beauty and all of the goodness in others, just like we're inspired by uh, what what's happening now in response to the invasion, uh, just letting our heart be touched in that way. And that helps us feel the pain and honor our grief, honor our, our pain and sadness and sorrow, and to metabolize it so we're not overwhelmed and little by little process it. And of course, we have to be careful how much we take in at any one time, but to nourish ourselves as we're opening up to the, the, the sorrow. And through that metabolizing, that processing, then we can see with new eyes and we can... Um, have a, a vision other than just overwhelm and helplessness that enables us to go forth and find ways to express our care and our love that are meaningful and fulfilling and life-affirming. And we do this uh, together. Uh, but it's really important to know how to metabolize that sorrow and that suffering uh, before we 
um, we think that we that we need to act, you know, not that we can metabolize it all at once, because of course, uh, it keeps on coming in waves. So maybe I'll just stop here and open it up, we can have some time for conversations. And uh, I want to uh, ask you maybe before we before we do open it up to reflect, how are you in your wisest moments metabolizing your sadness, your sorrow? What do you do? What do you find that helps you little by little uh, let it in in a skillful way? so that you can process it and then uh, open with courage and with commitment uh, to express your caring wisely. Just think, what do you do? What helps you hold it all? There are many, many ways But uh, now I invite you, again, we can have our communal wisdom. What helps you hold it? Reaching out to others, volunteer work. Yes. Or go ahead, put it in the chat box, and then we can open up a conversation. Be part of be part of our communal wisdom. Oh, make sure you're on mute until it's until it's time. Help some sangha. Help someone in need right here. Great. Yeah, you don't have to go saving the world. Just be near someone. You can make a difference. Breathing with my emotions, letting the wave pass through me, journaling, staying connected to joy, gratitude, so I'm fueled and have energy to face it all, trust in the process, listening to wise, compassionate thoughts, <laughs> creative expression, staying, being in community with others, yeah, time in nature, yes, wonderful. <clears throat> Lyrics of um, Bob Dylan's Masters of War. Yeah, that's that's that says it all. Slowing down and accepting the, that sadness is part of life and better than not feeling anything. Long walks and crying. Yeah, letting it through. Doing some art, playing some music to be here and get relief. Turning jump rope for kids. Great. When I'm able to cry... I'm more able to feel the caring, reading inspirational writings, yeah. others, reading and writing poetry, giving support any way I can, helping a stranger. Yes, as, as Angelus Arian says, action absorbs anxiety. And if you're feeling helpless and just imploding, then um, you're... Uh, you're not expressing all that care. Any others? 
haven't been named. Deepak Chopra found, uh, thought, enlightenment is consciously choosing freedom from my conditioned mind. Talking with family here, also with uncle who left Europe during World War II, sharing with friends. Yeah. I encourage all of us to, um, uh, to, uh, to find ways for, for us to process our sadness, our sorrow, knowing your window of tolerance, knowing what you can take in. You might just, you know, know your consumption of news. Spend time doing things you love. I love music, soothing music. Uh, sometimes I put on Bob Dylan when I really want to get things out, but uh, others inspiring music, reading or listening to inspiring words, sitting quietly to help calm the system. So all of these, we have both the capacity to open to the the pain, and we also have the wisdom to know how to hold it. So in our, in our time now, I can just open it up. Uh, if you have comment, reflection, question, um, invite you to, uh, if you would raise your, your digital hand the, in the reaction box on the bottom or if you have an old version of Zoom, it's in the participants box. Just raise your hand if you uh, from that box, and uh, I'll see uh, and can call on you. Let's hear from from you. What would you like us to hear and know what's inside of you? Catherine, hi. Why don't you hi. unmute yourself? Yeah, you're in a, I can hear you now. Yeah. <laughs> I just did. Well, I think I've been thinking that one of the things that is particularly insidious about what's going on uh, with Ukraine is that there's this, I get the sense that Putin has chosen a moment when everybody's exhausted, right? Because there's been so much going on mm -hmm. politically in various countries, and then the pandemic, and so on and so forth. And so it's one of the hard things about dealing with the news from Ukraine is, is a kind of a sense that one is overwhelmed, that, that somehow a lot of energy has already gone through processing grief in the last couple of years of different, of different kinds. Mm. Uh, and so it becomes... Um, uh, a, a little difficult uh, to, um, it's, it's as if I, I mean, I, for once, I, I, um, I try to protect myself while also not doing so far as to not being involved or not caring, but it is a, it's a difficult balance. And of course, the people of Ukraine who are fleeing do not have that luxury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a good point. We are all exhausted. However, there's this rising to the to the moment 
uh, that's being collectively seen too. So, yeah, yeah and it's good to uh, to know what your capacities are and protect yourself. And when you're up for it, process it a little at a time. Yeah, I mentioned in the chat that today's New York Times had an article on how you can help, and they list four charities. Mm. So if, I'd be happy to put the link, or people can just go and look. Yes, put it in the chat box. I saw that too. So there's, uh, yeah, different ways that you can help. Um, do you have that link? Yes, I'm putting it in right now. Uh, great. There it is. Yeah. And you go to those new, to the New York, well, go to that. Um, if you can copy it, I hope you can copy it. If not, you can just click on that and your, uh, your, computer will open up to that to that box yeah thank you so much Catherine yeah mm -hmm. others what wants to be shared hi James it's Denise hey hi Denise Good to see you. Um, I guess, you know, there's no real answer to this, but I watch Putin and I watch, you know, these aggressors and it's just hard to understand how, how humans, you know, what, what, what does this person have in their heart or their soul? But what really inspires them? What, um, brings them joy, what motivates them, you know, even trying to get under the obvious aggression mm -hmm. um, to try to see this person as a human being. And um, I, I, you know, I think about him as a little boy or something, and it's just hard to, to um, obviously it's hard to understand, but that's kind of what, how I've been trying to look at it and it's difficult. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I, I appreciate that. That's one of my main practices myself when when somebody is hurtful and um, hurting others without caring. It's it's it is baffling and uh, just kind of it really. It, 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 it's confusing what could be in somebody's heart, but you know, you wouldn't want to be in their mind and in their heart. And so it's possible for me in my better moments to see this is just a twisted mind that out of their own causes and conditions has, has no empathy for other human beings and I'm going to do everything I can, you know, not that I can do much in this, uh, to, uh, to be on, uh, on the cause of, of caring and compassion, but not poison my own heart with hate. Um, but to just see the, as in Buddhism, the, the way I see it, the real villain is ignorance, uh, just not seeing clearly. And this is a twisted, um, sick mind. So thank you. Thank you for that.
Uh, this, let's see. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me get up here. Nathan, hi. Unmute yourself. Where are you? Oh, hi, Jeff. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Wait, I'm going to spotlight you so people can see you. Yeah. yeah. You Just kind of building off of what you and Denise were both talking about is sometimes something that I've been thinking about lately is just the how to create togetherness and oneness, even with those who cause the harm, those who's, who perpetuate pain, um, because that separation of wanting to create an otherness or create a um, us versus them is in itself um, a harm as well. And so um, I think that that's just something in my mind is, is what you were saying is, you know, to the best of our ability, just maybe some compassion or understanding to this person or these people who are under a false guise, a uh, under a misunderstanding of what truly brings joy and love and 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 happiness in this world. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm I'm right with you. Yeah. Now that 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 is really a stretch for so many people, but that's that's I think what the Dharma has to offer another perspective, so we're not swallowed up by our own um, hating reactions. As as the Buddha said, uh, hatred never ceases by hatred; hatred only say uh, uh, ceases by love. An ancient and eternal law. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nathan. Mm, let's see. Anyone else? Uh, Joyce, hi. So nice to see you. Uh, you can un- unmute yourself. There it is. I should know that by now. <laughs> um, yeah, good to see you too. This is this was really quick. I was at the Oakland Museum the other day, and I was seeing an exhibit that was really helping me a lot with my grief. And I heard a conversation behind me with three people. I turned around. It was Joanna Macy, mm-hmm. daughter and another person. Mm-hmm. Just such a healing moment. I just can't describe it. And you, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I want to just go back a little bit. And I don't know if you were present during this, because I know you are on retreat. But it was before the, in, the invasion. And I'm trying to apply the Dhamma to this. And I was very disappointed that the president and the media were not showing any kind of restraint with their language and their threats. And it felt really anger provoking to me. And it was getting, you know, the population really riled up and demonizing. And I kept on feeling as I did when the U.S. bombed Iraq, Mm. bombed Vietnam. And I, you know, I go back to the Metta Sutta and phrases pop up. But the one that I'm just going to mention now is like, but none through anger or will or ill or, but none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Yeah. And I found us doing that. I found the, the media was doing that. I found Biden was doing that. It was very 
painful. And there wasn't an interest either in knowing what was going on in the mind of Russia. And I keep thinking, how would we be reacting if Russia had military in Canada or Mexico? And he's voiced this concern a lot of times. And I don't know if showing less restraint or thinking about those kinds of things would have changed anything, but it's such a dangerous thing to meet belligerence with belligerence. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nuclear war, we're talking about the end of the planet. Mm-hmm. It was just terrifying to me. And I feel kind of alone with my thoughts right now. So I, if you have any understanding to offer, I'd really like to hear your comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, all, all, all I, I can just share my own, my own take on it. I, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying. And yes, the, the Dharmic way is seeing that big, that bigger picture. And um, uh, all, I, I can, I can have compassion for for Biden, who's in a hard place, who has to show strength in order for people to rally around, uh, because if he seems too weak, then there's that backlash. Um, and and Putin, you know, somebody like Putin says, oh, this guy's a wimp. So it's, it's a tricky position to be in. Um, and it's interesting because Biden, I think of as one of the more compassionate, genuinely compassionate leaders that, that we've had. That's part of his, that is who he is. And yet sometimes a warrior stance is needed to rally people. So I really feel, I feel your sadness. I deeply feel your sadness and there's no, I, I can't say, oh, how could he do that? Um, because he, <clears throat> he needs to r- rally people too. The one thing that, that I've been uh, tuning into, I'm sure most of you have as well, besides the Ukrainian people, are the Russian people. And just seeing them, all of them having such courage to be protesting in the middle of you know, grave danger to themselves. And this is not about the Russian people. And this is about a leader who even some of his own inner circle uh, is having doubts now. So it's complicated. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Can I just say a couple of other things? See, now it's so hard for me to listen and then also speak. Um, I just would have really have liked some sense of diplomatic outreach, more balance in the media, and more of a sense of calming yeah. situation. Not knowing, of course, where this was going to lead, but it mm. seemed like it should have been offered at least as an alternative. Mm-hmm. Myself, after the invasion, I'm in really a lot of grief for what's happening in the world. So I'm not an apologist at all for Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find this such a tangle of 
you know, tried to understand like why we went down that path. We didn't have to continue on that path. It would have been nice to have had that included. That's mm. that's 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 my my grief there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So. Thanks for sharing. Okay, it's just about it's time to go. How about if we close with some um, uh, dedication of merit and uh, let's hold the people in Ukraine, the people in Russia, as well as all the those in the world who are in um, victims of conflict. Just holding them in your heart. May you find safety. May you be free of danger. May you feel the support of millions and millions, billions of human beings. Caring about you, wishing you well. And any, any goodness that comes from our sharing this evening together may it be shared with with all beings everywhere and may there be peace on the planet Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.